I want to preach this word to you today uh, that I've had on my heart for uh, a few months now. Um, If you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to Exodus 15? Exodus 15. Come on, who's believing for a miracle today? Who's believing for something incredible today? I've got a message on my heart. It says here, it says here, Exodus 15, 22. I'm reading from the New King Jimmy version. It says here, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. That's not the singer Shur. Don't get that confused. It's not do you believe in love after love. It's the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now, when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet again. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in His sight. Give ear to His commandments and keep all of His statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord God who healeth thee, who still remembers the King James. Anyone out there from that era? I grew up listening and hearing the King James, so I always revert back to it. It's what I memorise. But I am the Lord God who heals thee. What an incredible revelation. What an amazing passage of Scripture, to be honest. Incredible twists and turns, but What an an amazing revelation. This is actually the very first time in Scripture that we see these words, Jehovah Rapha, this name revealed uh, uh, to Moses from God that He is the God who heals. Jehovah Rapha simply means your healer. I am your physician. I'm your doctor. He's telling Moses and the people of Israel, you don't need to look elsewhere I am the God who heals you. You don't need to go look for some sort of solve, some sort of cure, some sort of ointment. I am the God who heals you. I am your physician. And I still believe today that Jesus is the same. Yesterday, today and forever, He is still the God who heals thee. He is still the God who heals me. He is still the God who heals you. Come on, if you believe it, why don't you lift up a shout of praise in your house? Come on, make some noise. Give Him a cheer. Give Him a clap. Let Him know. Amen. Amen. Because I I tell you what, we're living in crazy times. We're living in wonderful times. We're living in mysterious times. And and at the beginning of each year, I get a a prophetic word for the year. Now, this year, I've had this word and, and, and it's on my heart, which I'm going to share today. But 2020, I, I started the year with this, with this crazy word and, and uh, it actually came from watching Christmas movies. I don't know what your family's like, but last year we started watching Christmas movies in November because we just wanted the year to hurry up. I don't know if anyone was like that, but we'd gone through the whole catalogue. The tree was up in November. This has never happened in the Bates household before. But this is is where we're living. I think this year it's going to go up in October. I'm not sure. But uh, we just want the year to continue. Come on, somebody. And uh, we had Christmas. We're watching Christmas movies. I get this. I'm watching this movie. We get to the end. You know, once you've watched Home Alone three times, 
you know, what do you watch? I don't know. My kids are begging me, Dad, can you put something on? And I'm thinking, what can I put on? And I remember this old 80s classic that I used to love. It's called Gremlins. And I thought these kids are going to love it. They all love it. I'm sure there's a Christmas tree in there. I'm sure there's Christmas lights. Let's put it on. But I don't know if you've ever had God speak to you out of the most weird and wonderful circumstances. I'm watching Gremlins. And I hear this word, one of the words that the guy says on the, on the TV hits me. He says this word, metamorphosis. And it felt like God literally put his hand out of the screen and slapped me. And he said, Daniel, this is what's going to happen in 2020. It's going to be the year of metamorphosis. And I went, Lord, I don't know what metamorphosis means. I have no clue idea at all. No idea at all. And because I'm... Uh, 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 a lecturer now at, at Bible College, actually at Planet Shakers Bible College, I thought, well, I better go to my concordance and, and I, better, I better research this word. So I went to Google and I typed it. That, that's a joke, by the way. You might get it tomorrow. But I, 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 I write in metamorphosis. And the very first thing that comes up is a monarch butterfly. And this monarch butterfly tells a story about this monarch butterfly. What happens? It says, it says it's, it starts its life off. It starts its journey off as a caterpillar, a humble caterpillar, just enjoying its life, eating leaves, crawling around. Uh, and, and, and then one day, one day, about two years it can last in this, this stage. One day it decides it's going to turn inside of itself and become something completely different. This process is called metamorphosis, where it is one way and then changes to another. It says that the process itself, it takes 14 days. And I thought, wow, that's pretty significant. 14 days. 14 days, it's double portion, double blessing. Quite significant number. It's also the amount of time it takes to quarantine somebody. But I didn't know that at that time. Okay, we've got to go right back. This is January 2020. I get this word, right? Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. 28 days later, it appears. Appears, it comes out completely different. It's grown wings. God speaks to me and says, Daniel, 2020 is going to be the year that the church grows wings. He said, don't be alarmed. You're going to go inside of yourself for a while, but you're going to emerge. You're going to come out completely different. Now, I didn't know what this meant. I went to two other churches. One was Numa, one was uh, Faith Church. And I, I preached this word and I, I, I told this prophecy, not knowing what was about to happen. And then I'm going along, come on, we're going to grow church. We're going to go from this way to this way. We're going we're gonna to see fire of God. We're going to grow. We're going to go fast tracking growth. We're going to change from this form to the other. And then March came. Boom, boom. We were locked out. And if you know, if you've, you're obviously in Victoria, we've been locked down for a long time since then. But I tell you what, it went from bad to worse. I thought, well, two weeks, we're going to get out of this. No, went on, went on, went on. And it just kept seeming to get crazier and crazier. And I thought, Lord, where are you in all this? What happened to the dream? Hello? What happened to the vision? Come on, somebody, I don't know if you're at home now and you, you've still been believing for God. What about that missions trip that we planned? What about uh, that adventure? What about that dream that God put in your heart? What about that seed? And I started to feel depressed. 
I started to feel isolated. I started to feel, God, where are you in all this? And I remember crying out to God. I was in my garage because I'd turned it into a gym. Hello. All of a sudden, I've gone from traveling around the world, uh, being a, a, a global evangelist to a global evangelist working from home. Now, that doesn't quite have the same ring to it on your CV. But here I am doing squats in the garage. And all of a sudden, God speaks to me and says, Son, you're not in the tomb. You're simply in the cocoon. You're about to be prepared for something greater than this. Oh, I just felt the anointing right then. And I really believe it's in your home right now. God's reminding you, you're not being prepared for burial. You're beginning to grow. There's something changing in you. And he told me, I want you to start preaching this word. And I remember it was around August last year. He said, it's time, Daniel. It's time to get revival ready. It's time to get ready for the greatest harvest, the greatest harvest of souls that you've ever seen. Don't let this moment slip by. Don't fall into depression. Don't get self-centered. Don't go to that dark place, but get ready for revival. Start to grow some wings in this time. And I remember I was, from that moment on, I was switched on. I was like, no, I'm not taking this anymore. I'm gonna pray and believe each and every single day, preparing myself for when the doors open, for when we're back to normal. And I want to tell you something. We will get back to normal. This place will be filled again. Come on, give God a shout. This house will be filled overflow, 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 overflow. Come on, do you see it now? I want you to shut your eyes and dream again. Amen. 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 There's going to be such a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's already happened. I believe it's still happening. But we're going to see a great revival. The greatest revival we've ever seen. God's been speaking to me as well about this. There's also a revival in the church and it's around the issue of faith. The greatest, uh, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is faith. And I see this great outpouring of faith, a revival of faith again in the believer to believe for the impossible. I'm getting excited right now. I'm getting carried away. I feel like I could just go for it right now. If there was people here, I'd be, anyway, I feel like Pastor Tim Hall. Have you ever had Pastor Tim Hall? Yes, that's right. Pastor Tim he teaches me a fair bit. Tells me, how are you, church? Are you good? Amen. Yes, anyway, I'm getting carried away. If we were here, we'd be having a great time. But I've got to get on with it because I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So, revival. Revival ready. Are you revival ready, church? Revival starts when the people of God have a revelation of Jesus Christ who He is and what He's called them to do, who He is and what His, His kingdom come, His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, you need to have a revelation today. Revelation comes before a revival, but a revival can't be sustained unless we have a reformation. You must have a reformation. Reformation simply means you can't stay the same way anymore. You've got to change. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. You've got to start to pray more. Oh, I'm sorry. I've said that word. I mean, when I grew up, it was tarry. And we used to have these tarry meetings. We used to go to church in our pyjamas. Because my mum said, come on, put your pyjamas on. We're going to church. And you knew 
You're going to be there for a long time if you had to wear your pajamas to church. You had to make a makeshift bed under the pews. And we'd spend the whole service there. Just We spent time in God's presence. Tarry means simply waiting, waiting on the Lord. We waited and we waited and we waited. And I know that word hasn't been used a lot in church prayer meetings. We, oh, we've got to fast again. Oh, but don't you realize every time we go to fast, KFC brings out 24 nuggets for $10. They're so hard to resist. You can't resist. Or McDonald's, six for six. I hear the Lord speaking right now. We can't resist the KFC, the calling of the colonel. But God's called you to more than the colonel. Come on, somebody. We need, to, we need to push this aside and start to believe again. Come on, have a revival of faith. Come on, faith in fasting, faith in prayer. That's what mustard seed faith is. It's time to believe again. We must have a reformation. We must change something about us, something in us, in our worlds. I have to say this, I mean, I, I've travelled all around. I've seen so many healings, so many miracles, so many different people healed of different things. People get out of wheelchairs, cancer healed, blood conditions, you name it. Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I would almost say that miracles are easy. The hard part, the hardest thing I've ever had to do is a life of surrender, of giving it all up of leaving everything, regardless of pay. Whether I get paid, I don't get paid. I, I, I don't do that for this. I, a life of surrender, I give it all, Lord. I surrender all. I surrender all. I give it all to you, God. Come on, we've got to change. There's something about us. We need a reformation. Come on, church, if you agree, say amen. We've got to stay focused. We've got to stay focused. There was ever a year or two or three that was robbing us of our focus. It's the last two. It's the last two. We need to stay, keep our eyes on the prize. Keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Keep our eyes focused today. Come on, are you with me, church? Come on, there's never been a time in the world where so much anxiety, so much depression, so many suicides, suicidal thoughts, so much is going on in the world right now. Stay focused. Come on, if it's triggering you, if it's making you upset, switch it off. Turn a blind eye to it. Switch on the Gospels. Come on, stop following the narrative of the media or, or negativity or, 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 or fear, but follow the narrative of the Gospels. Come on, there's power in the Gospels. It still is the power to salvation. Come on, if you believe it, shout amen. I'm, I'm feeling like an old school Holy Ghost preacher right now. Amen. Come on, stay focused. Says Genesis 15, And when the vultures came down on the carcass, Abram drove them away. He drove them away. It's time to stay focused on the price. My first thought today is revive the atmosphere. You know, atmospheres are powerful. Atmospheres change. Atmospheres control. It's time to revive the atmosphere. 
Verse 23 uh, of our main text here, it says, Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah, and the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Why is it the people always complain to the pastor when something goes wrong? He didn't do anything. He didn't change the water. He didn't make it bitter. Why does the pastor who always gets the email or the leader or the, the complaint or the, or the problems, but I, I just, I, I, or, or Facebook. I, mean, I remember when Facebook was about people's lunch. Now it's about people's problems. <laughs> so I, I remember reading a Facebook post the other day and it starts off like this. It starts, well, you know, it starts off with, I've had a bad day. You think you've had a bad day? I've had a bad day. And can I just put a warning out there? If you're ever scrolling through Facebook and it's the morning or something and you open it up in the first thing and you see the dots and it says more, don't touch it. It's a trap. It's a trap. Don't touch it. When it says more and there's dots and you touch it and then all of a sudden pages... Pages of, well, I, you know, the car broke down and then I ran over the dog and then I got a flat tie and the kids are sick. And, and you get to the end and it says, but God is in control. I'm like, wow, I'd hate to see if he wasn't. Imagine the life if he wasn't in control. Sometimes I feel it's like whinge book or cry book, not Facebook. But come on, can we understand the power of atmospheres? That what you're putting out into the atmosphere is what you'll have. The Bible says you will have whatever you say, Mark 11, 24. You will have whatever you say. Oh, well, you know, this time of year, Pastor, I always get sick because it's spring and, and the pollen in the air and, and the hay fever. You will have whatever you say. Oh, I can't handle the, the, the oppression right now and, and the spirit of control. You will have whatever you say. Oh, I just don't know. I'm a bit afraid right now. This is, it's, it's uncertain times. It's uncertainty. It, you will have whatever you say. Revive the atmosphere. Come on, right now, I don't even know what you need to do. Maybe, maybe over your house, it's just been fear and negativity. Maybe you need to reclaim that atmosphere right now over every bedroom. Maybe there's been arguments and there's been fighting in the house. Maybe you just right now need to break it in Jesus' name and speak faith over the atmosphere. Come on, we just, hey, I just felt an anointing right now. Let's speak faith over Victoria right now. Would you stand to your feet? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I declare this land to be a land of faith and not fear. Right now, where there's been fear declared, we pronounce and declare faith in Jesus' name that this house be filled again with people overflowing. Come on, speak revival right now. Where there's been anger, I speak love in Jesus' name into every single household soften their hearts in Jesus' Name. The fighting and the storm ends today in Jesus' Name. Come on, it's time to speak to those storms. Amen. Who's with me? Oh, I'm feeling excited today. Second thing I want to talk about is reviving prayer. Reviving prayer. It says, verse 25, it says, So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. The Lord showed him a tree. Well, I don't, I don't man, this, this verse for me is just everything. This verse for me is everything. The Lord showed him a tree. The Lord showed him. Now, prayer is so vital. It's so important. This is my, this is basically my calling in 2000 and, 
and 14 or 13, I was in my backyard in, in a town called Morwell. I don't know if you've heard of Morwell. You've heard of Morwell? Well, if you've heard of it, then you're all here. This is the town. That's the number of, there's 10 people that live there. No, and, uh, and there was a Morwell mine fire on at the time, and we lived about 400 metres from the mine. So we had billowing smoke in the backyard. I'm mowing the lawn, and God speaks to me. He says, Daniel, it's time to redig the wells of your father's. And I was, I was like, Lord, I don't know what that means. Do you mean my earthly fathers? Because my, my dad's a pastor, my mum's a pastor, sisters, grandfathers, uncles. Uh, it goes back, right, all the way to um, Paul in the, the Apostle Paul. No, it doesn't. That's not the truth at all. Um, it goes to Jesus. And um, <laughs> that's a joke too. Uh, it, it goes back generations. And, and I'm thinking, do you mean my earthly fathers? And God speaks to me, says, no, uh, I, I mean the fathers they saw revival in Australia. They founded it on prayer. But those, those wells have dried up. Those wells have been filled up. Sorry, filled up, filled up. It's time to redig those wells. Genesis 26, verse 18, Isaac redug the wells of his father, Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abram. God said, it's time to redig the wells of prayer. Redig the wells of prayer. When you do this, you will see signs and wonders. You will see miracles. And I, I dug and I dug and I dug and I dug. It went for years before I saw somebody healed of eczema. It was the first thing I saw. Eczema, and then a broken arm. And then after that, it just flowed, it flowed, it flowed. Once I hit the waters, hit the waters. God wants a revival of prayer in Australia today. A revival of prayer. Not just blabbering, not just nonsense, not just, no, but an intimate connection with the Father. You are welcome into the holy place. I'd love to preach this sometime, but I, I, I've, uh, I feel that this is, this, is, this is on my heart right now. A revival's coming, but we've got to get ready. So it's time to revive prayer. I just love this. The Lord, he, so he cried out and the Lord showed him a tree. Showed him a tree. Showed him a tree. If you know the story of Moses, and you know the scriptures of Exodus, you could have easily, easily thought, thought Moses could have been excused from this moment, right? So he cried out to the Lord. He, he goes, the first thing he does, he goes and prays. He goes and prays. Well, we should learn a lesson here uh, because I, I could easily excuse him. I, I've read all the way through Exodus 3, the burning bush, what happens? He says, Moses, what's in your hand? He says, a rod, a staff, a stick, basically. Well, throw it down, turns into a snake, pick it up again, turns back into a rod. Go do that before Pharaoh, does it before Pharaoh. You could have excused him from going to seek the Lord. Oh, come on, I don't know if you've ever been just, you've done things, you've always done things, you've always gone this way, you've always prayed that way. You could be easily excused. Well, this is how it's always worked. Couldn't he have just gotten his staff, his rod, and just dipped it in the water and start to stir it around in circles? He could have easily been excused for doing that. But no, he seeks the Lord. The Lord shows him a tree. Why not the staff? It's always been the rod. Why not the rod? I mean, it was the rod that he waved in the air and all of a sudden thunder, lightning and hail, storm start. The rod that he hit the dirt, the dust and gnats, locusts come out. The one that he slaps the Nile River and blood turns into blood red, splits open, 
come on, the Red Sea, and, and sends the whole nation across. It could have been. It could have been the rod. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Come on, I, sometimes I feel like we build up this dependency on what we can do. What I can do. I know what I can do. I'm confident in, in, in my abilities. When was the last time you turned to the Lord and sought Him? Said, I can't do this anymore, Lord. I need your strength. I need your strength. Oh, come on, I'm feeling something here. I need, I need to ask you again, what is it you want me to do? And He says, oh, I'll show you what you need to do. You need the tree. Oh, and if this isn't a reference to Jesus, I don't know what is. You need the tree. You need the tree. He points to a tree and he shows him a humble tree. And he says, why don't you cast that in to the waters? He shows him a tree. And we know Galatians 3, 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for his written. Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. God will always point you back to the covenant. Always. Where do you stand with me? How much distance is there between us? Back to the tree. Oh, I better move on. I'm getting carried away. I'm getting very excited. I'm getting very excited. I, I, I need to pray for somebody. That's what I need to do. And, and he cries out. And the Lord shows him a tree. Well, I don't know what it was. Was it sugar cane? No, it wasn't sugar cane. Maybe it was Stevia if you're a health fanatic. No, he points him to the tree, to the tree. We need to revive prayer, revive that connection again. Come on, church. Thirdly, revive generosity. It says, when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet again. The waters were made sweet again. I want to encourage you today. You might be thinking, what's this got to do with anything? I, I want to tell you this way, this act of giving, this act of casting it all in, giving it all in. I, I don't have anything else but to give. I, I want to encourage you today that the Bible says, if you want open, open heaven, open windows, Malachi 3.10, open, bring all the tithe into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my house this Test me in this, says the Lord. See that I won't throw open, open the very windows of heaven. This is not just like for like. I put in $5, so I get $5. No, this is the very windows of heaven. Blessing over your life. You become the hub center of blessing. Give it all today. Leave nothing in the tank. But you don't understand the year that I've had. I've lost everything. Yeah, I know. It's been tough. You can't afford not to give. I just actually want to speak into something in the atmosphere to sow a seed right now into this house, into a building fund to believe right now that a revival is coming. A revival is coming. Sow a seed into this house to believe, to believe for this house to be filled over and over and over. Come on, believe for a building project, for something that's even bigger and beyond this. I want you to stand on it right now and see the windows of heaven open over your life. Amen. And finally, I want to say this, revival, revival, verse 26. And he said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God, do what is right in his sight, 
give ear to his commandments and keep all of his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you, which I've brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who healeth thee. Keep all, keep all of these commandments. It's back to the covenant again. Back reminder of the covenant again. God wants to remind you of his covenant again. His covenant is salvation. There's healing in the atonement. You've got to understand healing is the dinner bell to salvation. Signs and wonders that follow after the preaching of the Word. 